This podcast contains graphic descriptions that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Now, with that being said, welcome to the Mortal Musings podcast. Right, let's do this. So before we get into the episode today, we actually have a bit of news. Um, You will have probably seen it already posted on our social media. But if you don't follow us, we are going to be at CrimeCon in London in September. We are, but uh, before we talk about that, if you're not following us, why not? Why not? What, like we're, we're riveting. So, we're so funny. Like, we're so funny. <laughs> don't, don't oversell it. It's <laughs> only going to be a disappointment for them. But yeah, no, we're going to be at CrimeCon in London and that's on September 21st and 22nd. So... If you fancy it, come and have a p- come and get pissed wheels. Come, <laughs> and, have- come and have a piss. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> come and get pissed wheels. Yeah, um, there's going to be so many amazing podcasts there. Uh, I know Generation Y are going. Yeah, so this is something we was laughing about earlier. We can very easily see this happening. So we're actually on podcast row. We we're going to have a table, and Megan's been listening to true crime podcasts for years. I have not. Um, so I can see it where I'm going to be stood talking to some chap, having a good laugh, and then I'm going to come back and she's going to say, do you know who that is? That's Aaron from Generation Y. Yeah, me and Neil are a little bit different. So I am not the social butterfly that Neil is. I'm a little bit more shy. I get a little bit anxious. Uh, a little bit. A li- just a tad. Right, if you come, you'll see Megan sat in the corner Weeping and soiling weeping myself. And soiling <laughs> but like Generation Y, I've listened to them for quite a while. To me, it's like, that's fucking, that's Aaron and Justin. Yeah. And then you'll be like, oh yeah, I was just talking to Aaron over there. Yeah. I got a new mate. Yeah. Meet me, mate. <laughs> Going down the pub later. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, we just wanted to uh, mention that. We're very excited to uh, be going. Mm. And if you would like to go, we have a discount for you. Yeah, um, so the discount code is MORTAL, gets you 10% off. Um, you know, if you're like myself, you're like, 10%. But because of the price of the tickets, that's 25 quid off a ticket. Yeah. The cheapest option. Not too shabby. No. It's, uh, I think the most expensive one is about 750 So that would be 75 quid off. Yeah. See that quick math? <laughs> that's quick math. <laughs> Yeah, no, so we'll be there. We hope to see you there. And uh, will we get on with the episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like paranormal, true crime, cryptids, or anything else weird, check out the Outros That A Ghost podcast brought to you by your host, Liz. You can find Outros That A Ghost on Spotify, Apple, or any other audio platform. New episodes drop every Thursday. Right, so today, Neil, do you know every time I say something like that, I want to say tonight, Matthew, every single time we record. No, today we're going to do, uh, well, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to perform this, but we're going to look into magic tricks gone wrong. Okay. Now, Neil, you've been a fan of magic for years, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Well, What's dep- wrong? It, you look nervous. It depends on the magic, because I've got a feeling because this is a true crime podcast, it's going to be... Dark magic. 
No, so it's it's just normal magic tricks that have gone awry. Okay. Like like David Blaine or Yeah. Okay. Actually, he's not on the list, but yeah, it's just like it's. Well, no, because he's never gonna. I I I didn't see anything about him. Well, no, I did, but he was like mildly injured. I think he'd like scraped the inside of his mouth or something. It it wasn't anything um that severe. Okay. I actually went down a rabbit hole while researching this. Like, I mean, spend a good hour on a forum. Have you ever heard of Lance Burton? Uh, I have a. Burton. No, I haven't. Okay. I went <laughs> he performed this trick where he was tied to the tracks of a roller coaster and he had to, you know, escape in the nick of time. Okay. And And he didn't. No, he did. Oh no, he must have. He did. I didn't actually watch the video. I said this was just literally uh, I went off on one. Yeah. He was tied to the tracks and he got off in the nick of time, but as far as I could make out from people's opinions on this. His foot got stuck and, like said, just in time, jumped out of the way. Okay. Now, people were very opinionated to do with it. Some people were like, oh, well, look at the camera angles. Ah, ah, you know, it's so fake. And then, <laughs> that's what they said, quote. But others were saying, he's an illusionist. That's the whole point of it being, like, dramatic and, oh, he can't quite escape. Like, his yeah. foot getting trapped, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. I I, just, I didn't know if you'd seen it because, like I said, you're you're mad no. about it. No, love it. I'm not, I'm not mad. Like I'm I'm more into the sleight of hand, the you know card tricks. Okay, well this isn't really for you then. Cardistry. What? This isn't really for you then. A lot of this is like performances, showbiz. No, I'm not really into. That. Okay, well this episode's gonna be fun then. <laughs> no, like there is there is some. You, you know, you might you might surprise me with some. Well, but I'm I'm a bit numb to it because because of uh, when I was growing up, there was a, a show called well, what was it called? Magician's Code. Is that it? The the prick with a mask. It yeah, was, I think it was, it was a magician. Like all magicians hate him. Because, you made me watch it, and it was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got into that. Yeah, so I know how a lot of tricks are done from that. Well, see, I wasn't like mad into magic, but now. I was bowed about it with Chris Angel. Never watched him. I know. I've been trying to find the episodes. Loved it. My brother was the same. We were bowed about with Chris Angel. Never watched him. I, I remember watching uh, David Blaine when he came out. Dynamo. Dynamo. You... Right, okay. We started with that already. <laughs> um, there was someone else as well. I can't... A Brit. I can't remember who... Who it was? He used to go in like shops and stuff and do a card trick for people. And Troy, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That he was like more. I say more recent, probably like over ten years ago now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. No, uh, Chris Angel was where it was at. That was the real kind of. Um, I think it was on MTV. Do you know that kind of era where yeah. it was like Chris Angel, Jackass, all like that type of shit. Where it's just yeah, yeah. And if you've never watched it, I highly suggest you at least go onto YouTube and watch <laughs> watch the intro for the show. Okay. It's so fucking intense. I love it. Did I show it to you? Okay, I'll show it to you later. Okay. It's, it's brilliant. But we'll get on to the first story today. Princess Tenko. Have you ever heard of her? No. So on the 24th of July in 2007, Princess Tenko, a singer turned illusionist, performed the Spike Illusion. Are you familiar? Yeah, it's going to be the, the fucking, the yoke where... 
they lay on a table and fucking spikes come up. Well, for this one, she was placed inside a box and she must escape before the swords are driven into the box. Well, that's not spikes, that's swords. A sword is spiky, Neil. Yeah, but they don't call it that. I'm just telling you what was said. I'm not in the magic circle. Yeah, but one of the most popular magic tricks there is, is the fucking, you put someone in a box and you stick fucking swords in it. What's it called? Stick swords in a box. (laughs) Illusion. (laughs) Illusion. So yeah, she was performing that trick and um, she didn't actually make it out in time, causing her to break her cheekbone and several ribs. But she did manage to continue her performance for a further 30 minutes before the show was called off and she was able to receive medical attention. Fucking hell. Yeah, her manager said, had the sword been just one centimetre higher, it would have punctured her eye. So I'm just easing you in. That's I'm- easing me. <laughs> she had a few injuries, but overall, like, she was fine. She was okay. Right. Do you know what easing you in means? Well, like... It- Someone stubbed the toe. That would be easing them in. Well, like the... The, the broken cheekbone, yeah, no, that's no good. But like a broken rib, like you can break your rib easily, can't you? There's yeah. nothing you can do about it. It's one of those things you just have to let heal, isn't it? Was, it? it was only, what, I'd say it was about three months ago, not long before Christmas. I, I said to you, I think I broke my rib. And I hadn't done anything. Yeah, well, it I could be it. that you've like twisted wrong or something, couldn't it? Lifted, I, I don't know. Lifted something, I, I don't know. I don't know, I'm getting on a bit now. <laughs> So our second story happened in 1936 and while on stage in Montreal, magician George Lalonde was all set to perform the classic trick of sawing his assistant in half. Okay. It's a good, yeah. it's classic. It's just as popular as sticking swords in a box. But I Illusion. Think, <laughs> I think the like sawing the woman in half thing, that's like a classic thing you picture yeah. with magicians. But that one's fairly easy. I've never performed it, so I wouldn't know. So it's it's a box. No, no, I understand like the premise that like you 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 shove all your body into one and then have like the feet of someone else in the second yeah. box. But I don't know just how easy it is to pull off, or is it like awkward time wise? All it is is timing. As so, someone's already in the bottom half. Yeah. Yeah. So they bring the box out. They open the door up, but it's blocking to the audience. The woman gets in. As she gets in and lays down, that's where she must tap the other person. Yeah. And their feet come out. Um, Yeah. Bit of, an, <laughs> bit of inside knowledge. <laughs> you don't like to say it about being the magician circle, but... Magician's code. Well, are magicians not pissed about that show? 100%. <laughs> they wanted him dead. <laughs> you fucking ru- it ruined loads of people's careers. But it was good TV though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think they only did like two or three seasons. And then I think the the original magician, he got so much hate and he got found out, he quit. And then another magician, he started. Yeah, because he revealed himself in the last episode, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway... <laughs> So anyway, he was all set to perform his trick. Okay. And just as he was getting ready to do so, a concerned audience member by the name of Henry Howard jumped up onto the stage, grabbed a sword and stabbed George in the neck. 
he genuinely believed he was saving the woman. He told the police, quote, couldn't bear to see a woman cut in two. I thought this was accidents. Well, no, it's, it's tricks gone wrong. You're not expecting to see that, are you? Well, that ain't part of the fucking trick. It makes it even like worse, really, because you're like, oh no, what's going to happen? She doesn't get out in time. Then it's just some fucking head the ball Son jumping it, up on the stage. Shouldn't he have been sat with his carer? <laughs> no, like, if, well, he, if is... he couldn't understand the premise of an illusion. Yeah, this was in um, 1936. So oh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> maybe Probably was, a lawyer or something. Maybe it was marketed as being like more real than, yeah. you know. Now, the next one William Ellsworth Robinson was an American magician who went by the uh, stage name of Chung Ling So. Uh, Bit of no. a difference in names there, isn't there? What? There's a bit of a difference in names. Why? Did you listen to anything I just said? Chung Ling So. What was the first name I said? For which one? The same guy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> do you see what I deal with here? <laughs> William Ellsworth Robinson. Oh yeah, I heard that, yeah. He was an American magician who went by the stage name of Chung Ling So. Okay. He, um... Was he, like, Asian? No. He would... <laughs> Like, yeah, this fucking dick. He would falsely present as a Chinese man who spoke very little English. <laughs> yeah. So on the 23rd of March, 1918, Robinson was performing in London. And he was about to perform the bullet catch trick. A trick that dates back to the 1600s and is considered the most dangerous trick there is. Yeah. Now, the problem was that the trick gun had not been properly cleaned and maintained in preparation for the show, leaving gunpowder still inside. See, look, even me with airsofting, I come back. Proper maintenance, lads. What do I do when I get back? Clean my rifle? Clean, clean your shaft, yeah. <laughs> I clean my equipment. Are you keeping that in or are you getting rid of it? I don't know. So, his assistant fired the gun at Robinson, hitting him in the chest, to which Robinson called out, oh my God, something's happened, lower the curtain. And he said this in perfect English, and it shocked the audience and also revealed his deception. He was taken to hospital and he died the following morning. So, I mean, that's, you know, sad he died, but fucking dick. (laughs) Like, pretending to be a Chinese man. Fucking arsehole. So next is Dr. Vivian Hensley, and he was a dentist by trade, but he, uh, he also liked a bit of magic. So one day he was performing a trick to entertain his wife and child, and this trick involved sleight of hand. And it was to fool them into believing he was swallowing razor blades. While performing this, instead of accidentally dropping the blade down his sleeve, he dropped one into his mouth and swallowed it. He was rushed to hospital by his wife, but unfortunately he died four days later. And that's like, that's mad. That was literally just a small little slip up. How did he not feel the razor blade go into his mouth? Would you, like, if it was, well, I mean, he must have been quick swallowing. Must have, like, at the right time. He just went to swallow. Just fell straight down his throat. I mean, if it's that sharp, would you necessarily feel it? Because you've got to remember, he'll have had his head up. Yeah, yeah. And it, so his airways would have been clear. Yeah. He could have just dropped it straight down his throat. Yeah. 
Quarrel Devil. Well, that's what they do in prison, isn't it? Well, they used to. They'd like smash up glass or anything sharp they'd put in people's food. So it'd literally rip them, out, rip oh, them yeah, from, from the, the inside, inside out. Yeah. Fuck you up. Charles Rowan. You heard of him? No. <laughs> he performed under the stage name Car the Magician. And for his trick, he was confined to a straitjacket. And his goal was to escape before a car, which was travelling at 45 miles per hour, reached him. Now, unfortunately, he was unable to do so and was struck by the car, killing him in front of an audience. Fucking hell. Yeah. Uh, How long ago was that? Uh, I don't actually have a date for that one. But that's fucking intense. Imagine being one of the spectators. Yeah. Well, no. (laughs) Depends which way you look at it. What do you mean? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) From the left or the right? (laughs) John Miller, better known as Balabrega, was starting to make a name for himself in magic, even performing at the same show as Houdini. Okay. Not bad. Same show or same venue? Same show. Now, he was performing a trick called The Moth and the Flame. No, I don't think I'm... I don't think I know that one. No, what are you laughing at? I'm trying... I'm actually trying to think. Um, No, no, I don't think I know that one. Well, this trick involved six women as the moths who would be drawn to the flame and then would then disappear. I'm guessing, like, they went up in smoke or something. I don't fucking know. Okay. Unfortunately, he was unable to find the accelerant needed to perform the trick, so Miller used acetylene gas bags instead. Smart. Well, it it wasn't great, I'll be honest with you. During the setup, one of the bags exploded, and that caused the death of Miller along with one of his assistants. Yeah, what do? So we didn't even get to the trick. No. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Dropping like flies here. Dropping like moths. That's a bit fucking tactless. (laughs) Are you going to cut that? No. (laughs) On Halloween night in 1990, Joseph W. Burris, also known as Amazing Joe, was all set to be buried alive at an amusement park in Fresno, California. And he's still there? (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Wearing a white tuxedo, handcuffs and chains wrapped around his body, Joe laid down in a transparent coffin and was lowered seven foot into the ground. Why seven? I don't know, just to one-up anyone who's buried at six foot? That's what I mean, it's usually six. So a cement truck began pouring wet cement over the coffin until they heard Joe knocking from within the coffin. He told them that the chains around his neck were too tight So they just gave him a minute to readjust, and once he was comfortable, he asked them to proceed burying him. And they did. Unfortunately, due to the weight of the cement, the coffin collapsed. Wait, it was wooden? No, it was made of, like, glass and plastic. Witnesses there described how they could hear the plastic and glass shatter under approximately nine tonnes of weight. It would. The crew desperately scrambled to try and free Joe, but unfortunately they were unable to reach him in time. Something 
Joe said before performing this trick was, quote, I consider myself a master of illusion and escape artist. I believe I'm the next Houdini and greater. It didn't go to plan. Well, for fuck's sake, Joe. It's horrible. Like, same with the guy with the car. It's like there's people watching this. Like the fact they said I can hear the coffin shattering. Yeah. That's fucking traumatising. Who, whose idea was it to have it made of fucking plastic and glass? I'm guessing the whole like premise behind it was like, oh, we, can, we know he's in the coffin. We see him get into it. We see him getting lowered down and all that. But Jesus. So along with the whole buried alive thing, you know, it's a very popular one. Yeah. We've got another one from your neck of the woods. Escapeologist Anthony Britton also attempted this trick in 2015 in West Yorkshire, but unfortunately ran into a bit of bother. He was handcuffed and buried six feet down under six tons of soil. He didn't use any oxygen to aid him in his attempt, and after nine minutes, he had to be dug out. And after he was safely removed from the grave, he was unconscious, but he survived, and his only injury was a broken rib. Oh, fucking hell. He later said, I was just seconds away from death. It was scary. Pressure of the soil was crushing around me. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Imagine that. Like, one of one of my fears is buried alive. Yeah, another common one, isn't it? I think, I think it is for, yeah. I was just about to say, I think it is for quite a lot of people. That would mean it's common. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not wrong in what you're saying. Next, we have Gilbert Ganesta. And he was an escape artist and magician. Now, on the 30th of November, 1930, Gnesta was in Kentucky performing at a vaudeville theatre. His big trick was to successfully escape from a milk can that would be filled to the brim with water. And this was another trick that was made very popular by Harry Houdini, who first performed the trick in 1901. Along with this, there was promotional posters that stated, quote, Failure means a drowning death. And I mean, you know, fucking hell. <laughs> Say it as it is, why don't you? Yeah. It's shock value, isn't it? It fucking was shocking when they went to see it, I tell you. So while the milk canister had been transported, it had been dropped and dinted. Now, not resiered. What? Not resiered. No, it wasn't in it. It was just the canister being transported. Oh. So because of this, it caused damage to the, you know, the escape hatch he had. Mm. And that caused it to be inoperable. Neither Ganesta or his assistant had realised this and, you know, went on to perform the trick. Yeah. And during the show, Ganesta became trapped inside and was unable to free himself. And he drowned before anyone was able to come to his aid. So I wonder how long fucking he was no. there, like, fucking let me out. I wonder why it took him so long to, to get to him. If he starts banging on it. Yeah. I wonder. It's a murder. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh. Yeah, this, this episode's turning. Murder <laughs> mystery. But like, could it have been that or was it? Um... Someone obviously stood there and went, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. We'll look into that. Where would be Christmas bonus? Yeah. Don't piss off your employees. Could it have been the crowd were just too loud and cheering? You know what I mean? They couldn't uh, hear yeah. him? Yeah, maybe or that. Maybe that. Maybe did he... 
Yeah, you're back and away from that theory now, the murder mystery. I'm just glad I said allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. But it also could have been, you know, say if he was in there and he realised I can't get out, he could have panicked, passed out or something and yeah. it was fucked. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I've got for you to do with uh, Magic Tricks Gone Wrong. It's just a quick one. I just thought it was uh, an interesting thing to get into. Slightly different. Uh... It's, a, it's a lot better than I was expecting. Uh, I, I honestly thought it was going to be dark magic. And then when you said, no, 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 it's, it's actual magic tricks, I thought, what is it going to be a fucking paper cut when someone's doing a card trick and the cards give them a paper cut? Oh my God, I should have found one like that. You know, it's like, I'll ease you in. <laughs> no, you eased me in with someone nearly having their eyeball took out. Having said that, the paper cut thing, there was an episode of Jackass where I'm mentioning Jackass no. again. The paper cuts between the fingers. That, and toes. Oh, fuck me. Nah. Can't do that. No. So, uh, oddity-wise, what have, uh, what have you got for us? Well, I've actually got an oddity that's not, not linked, but somewhat. It's about Harry Houdini. Okay. I don't actually know much about Houdini. Yeah, so this isn't so much about his... Um, or the Great Gatsby. But... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> was he a magician? No, wasn't it? Like, I'd, I've never read the book and I haven't watched the movie. It was about like uh, parties during Prohibition, wasn't it? They're holding like amazing parties. The Great Gatsby. Yeah, I thought it was a magician because he was called The Great Gatsby. No, that's just what Doug and King of Queens said. <laughs> what the hell else would be? It's The Great Gatsby. Oh, all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from that. I don't know much about Houdini. <laughs> And clearly don't know fuck all about fucking <laughs> Great Gatsby. No, so this isn't so much about his career as a magician, but kind of linked. So because he was, you know, a magician and understood how illusions were performed, mm -hmm. he was able to spend some time debunking something else. Okay. So Harry Houdini was on a mission to expose psychic mediums. Did you ever hear about this? No. I honestly thought you was going to go with something like prison escapes or something. No, no. This was something he felt very strongly about. And he did so in order to demonstrate how these people were taking advantage of the bereaved. Oh. And he's not alone. Other magicians like, you know, Penn and Teller, they have also expressed their feelings towards psychics. So, you know. So, like I said, through training in magic and illusions, they're able to spot how they do it. Okay. So, before his death, he and his wife made a secret agreement. And the agreement was that if communication was possible after death, that he would communicate the words, Rosabelle, believe. And that was a nod to their favourite song. What now, song? They, they use the words Rosabelle Believe. I don't know what that's what, what song You is don't that? need to. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think this song was called Rosabelle, I think. I'm not sure. Never heard of it. Now, in 1929, American medium Arthur Ford was able to pass along this coded message to Bess, Houdini's wife. But it was later debunked that by picking up on existing cues, Ford or his associates had faked the supposed contact made with Houdini. And that's the thing that's so, it's so interesting because to us, we're like, oh, how do they know that? Yeah. You know, I, I would, like, say you're someone who's skeptical about it. Mm -hmm. 
Someone would be like, oh, I didn't tell them anything. But they can pick up on the shit that me and you wouldn't even think of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or nowadays, especially, be so much easier with social media and all that kind of... There's so much information about people out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Houdini was on a mission. He wasn't bowed about it with the psychics. Fuck. Yeah. Another uh, part of Houdini's life. We might actually cover him at some point. Very interesting man. Like I said, I know fuck all about him. I'm but, sure it'd be but, one you'd be interested to in. To be honest, we're, we're like 20 episodes in now. Um, Ed Gein I knew a bit about. Other than that, I knew fuck all. Like Houdini wouldn't be like true crime, but just of like a, you know, biographical episode could be quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Find us on Patreon, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. If you have a case suggestion, or maybe even your own story, email us at mortalmusingspodcast at gmail.com. 